This is Pumpkin. And this is Peach. And welcome to the Pumpkin and Peach Podcast. Bonus episode. And now an extra helping of fruit. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Coming at you. Oh my god, don't rhyme. It's so lame. Barbara Bruce. Oh my for god. life. Stop. Oh, Let you'll it know. Go. You'll know. So, new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie just came out on Netflix on Friday. Uh, distributed by Netflix. Um, so, this movie apparently has was like, I don't want to say doomed, but like plagued with, with, with crap from the get-go. Apparently, the original directors, um, Ryan and Andy Toehill, they were fired just a week into shooting. Oh, no. Um, amid create, quote-unquote, creative differences. Uh, I don't know what that means, per se. But um, they were, they both of them, because I really don't know how it works when they have two people direct a movie. I mean, I know there's, like, a, a, a director and they have, like, you know, assistant directors and stuff like that. But, like, why do you have to code or, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. But, so these two guys, who are apparently related, um, they were replaced by David Blue Garcia, who reshot all of the footage they, they had already shot. Which it couldn't have been too much, really, because it was only a week, apparently, into shooting. Um... Does it say why they were let go? Creative Just... differences. But, like, I it doesn't give anything else than that? No. Creative differences. I mean, that could be a lot of things. Um, so, uh, and then the producers uh, decided just to, you know, s- skip a theatrical release so and go right to streaming, which seems like we don't really have faith in this movie. Um... Like, is that you saying that, or is that them saying that? It's the action saying that. Like, hey, if you're just going to go right to streaming, that's like direct to video. You know, like, we're, we're going to make some money, and, and it might do good, but, like, we're not going to put the effort out to put it into the theater because we really don't have that much faith behind it. Um, and they were, didn't really market it very well. I mean, you didn't really hear about it too much. I mean, only people really, like, in the know like, horror fans, like, knew it was coming, like, most people would have no idea, like, they'll probably see it on Netflix and be like, you know, as one of the options, and be like, hey, you know, maybe I'll check this out, but they didn't really promote it or anything, um, so, uh, apparently, it was filmed in Bulgaria, which they want you to think is Texas, which, I mean, I guess they didn't really show too much or anything that you would have to, like, hey, that's Texas. It's just, like, you know, middle of nowhere is what they showed you. That could be anywhere. Um, so, I suppose it could be Texas. Um, but, yeah, filmed in, in Bulgaria. Uh, it, I don't know. Um... But see, I, I don't know, because there's, there's another thing here that says, like, it's, there were stories of replaced directing team and horrible test screenings. Well, that wouldn't have to do with the, the 
the directing team because if they were fired or let go a week into it, like the test screenings would have to be after they were gone. It was done, like mostly done, and then whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, filmed in Bulgaria, which you know, I don't know. I guess that's a thing you do. Um, I suppose so. You just go to Bulgaria now. I don't know. That was like a hot place to to do. But um, so. The screenplay was written by Chris Thomas Devlin, which was taken from a story from uh, Fede Alvarez and Rodo Sagoyas. I don't know how to pronounce their names. They're um, from Uruguay, both of them. Um, they've worked together and written... Uh, and he, he directed... Uh, Fede Alvarez, he directed the Evil Dead remake. Um... Side note, fun fact. If you're wondering if I'm going to talk a lot this episode, the answer is no. No, because she didn't really pay attention when we no. were watching it. I had zero interest in watching this, because I don't really like any of the other ones. And it's one of Jeff's favorites. Um, so Federico Alvarez... He's uh he directed Evil Dead remake from 2013 and he did uh, Don't Breathe from 2016. What's that one about? You know that bl- that blind guy they yes, break into yes, his house. Yes. That has a sequel. A we, sequel. Did, we didn't see the sequel. Yeah, it just came out. So, um, that movie was scary. So he directed, wrote, was a writer and produced the Don't Breathe. He directed and was a writer on Evil Dead. Um, Don't Breathe 2, he wrote and produced. He didn't direct that one. And then now the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he wrote the story. He produced it, didn't direct it. Um, He did work on the From Dusk Till Dawn uh, television series. He directed some stuff. He didn't write or produce any of that stuff. So he's got a little bit of work in like the horror world, and I guess people are... But it's just based off of a story of his and the other guy, uh, his, uh, I guess, partner, like, business partner. I don't know. Uh, they're both from Ur- Uruguay. Um, oh, that guy's drinking a Paloma, too. Oh, we're drinking, well, it's National Margarita Day, and we're drinking... It's also Tuesday. It is, like, it is Tuesday. <laughs> Thank you. It's Tuesday, but it's also the number Tuesday... Because it's February 22nd, 2022. Yeah. So, lots of twos. It's an anagram. It's and an a, ambigram. And a pal, pal, palindrome. Palindrome, thank you. And So, it's forwards, backwards, upside down. It all It's all the same. All this week are anagram uh, dates. Oh, yeah. They can be the same forward and back. Um, it just... It's also a day, you guys are going to be hearing this late, but it's a day to, like, put out positive energy and, like, manifestations that you want, and um, all day long I've been really putting that out there, different things that I'd like to see accomplished this year. But, okay, back to the talking. So, this movie picks up many years after the original, because, again, they're going, like, original, this one. They're not really counting any of the things that happened in between. Um, and as we all know, 
or any horror fan knows, they're kind of, um, hey, Halloween 2018, can, can we see your notes? Um, just let us see it, you know, before class. Because they're pretty much doing the same shit. They're bringing back a character from the original, however many years later, they're supposed to be some sort of badass. Um, oh, and again, just to, to hit you up with this, there's going to be spoilers in this. I'm going to talk about things. So if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it, come back and listen, see if your opinion jives with our opinion, or virtually my opinion. Yeah, I have a couple of videos um, on it. Or if you don't care about spoilers and you just want to hear something before you go into it, which I don't know very many people like that, but then you can listen. But from here on in, it could get spoilery just to let you know. Well, it's going to get spoilery, so just to let you know. Shut it off, go watch it, come back. Because you shouldn't just, if you were going to listen to this, even if it wasn't spoiler-filled, and then be like, hey, should I watch it? Don't base it on what I'm going to say or what anybody says. Go watch it. That's the only way you're going to know for sure how you felt about it. I didn't get that one. Um, so you shouldn't really go like, oh, well, that person said it wasn't good. I'm not going to watch it. That doesn't mean you're in. Oh, yeah, the, you have the same opinions as that person. Like you have your own opinion. Go watch something, and that's the only way you're going to know. Um, so, um, this was a joint venture venture production between Legendary Pictures, Exerbia Films, and Bad Ombre. So, like I said, um. Well, it actually says this produ- this film was produced by Kim Henkel, which, you know, worked on the original with Toby Hooper. Um, so you've got the cast here. Their sisters, Melody, played by Sarah Yarkin, and Lila, played by Elsie Fisher. Um, they're sisters. Um, so it's a bunch of... Uh, it's about a bunch of kids... I don't know how old they are. Uh, they're definitely not teenagers. Maybe late, like early twenties. Um, I don't know if they're supposed to be teenagers, but the one. No, I think they're supposed to be like young adults. The one sister, Lila, played by Elsie Fisher. She's, um, they say amateur photographer, but I, I don't know if I ever got that vibe from her. But, um, she survived a school shooting. That's like a running thing through this like she was a school shooting survivor i really don't know what that has to do with anything i don't know why they brought it into this like it's just like a very small story like oh hey she's got this bullet wound in her you know chest and um like a scar and she survived a school shooting and now she's kind of fidgety around guns but like she thinks the world ex- should expect thing or the world expects things from her because she was a survivor of some traumatic thing and it's like but i don't know why they had to there's not much that go, they go into depth with that i mean and her sister melody played by sarah yarkin um she kind of drags lila out here with their her friends because her friends are the ones that are basically putting this whole thing together um there's this town in texas called harlow it's a deserted kind of like a ghost town and they go out there um 
You got uh, Mark Burnham as Leatherface. Uh, Jacob Lattimore as Dante Spivey. He's one of the uh, people that are spearheading it. It seems like him and the character Melody are the, like the spearheaded, like they're the, the ones in charge of this whole endeavor. It seems like it was kind of like their brainchild. Um, Mo Dunford as Richter. Um, he's the guy that will come in uh, at some point that I will, when I'm talking about this. Uh, Nell Hudson as Ruth, Dante's girlfriend, which you don't see for very long. Spoiler, but you already knew that. Um, you've got uh, Alice Krieg as Virginia Ginny McCumber, which is the owner of the the home which where Leatherface is. And uh, you got I don't know how to pronounce this name Al Alwyn Fourier. It's like, uh, oh yeah, I don't know. She's playing Sally Hardesty, which is from the original, the survivor from the original, kind of like the Laurie Strode in the Halloween series. You know, when she's coming back many years later, being the badass, um, played by Alwyn Ferrier. I don't know how you pronounce her name, but um, I did my best. Um, she's taking over for Marilyn Burns, who did play that character in the original. But she passed away in 2014, so she could not reprise her role in this. Um, so, basically, so, <laughs> I forgot to put this in. This is after the fact. Last night when we recorded the review for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I meant to mention this, but I forgot to mention this, so I'm just kind of going to put it in somewhere in the beginning it might sound weird not right i'm not a professional uh, editor but i wanted to mention another reason that this gets uh, uh it gets what it gets from me a five is that they brought john larroquette back to do the opening narration um when the movie's opening he does a voiceover and it was cool because he did the original and he also, there's a lot of um, news places out there now that are doing like reviews of it and saying, oh, he's come back after, you know, doing it in the original. But he also, and even in those same articles and stuff, they just still also mention that he did come back and do it for the, the remake. And then the prequel to that remake, he did voiceovers. <clears throat> Sorry. Peach. He's supposed to be quiet. Sorry. Um, so... He did come back and do voiceovers for those two things as well. It's uh, cool that he's he's done it anytime. I mean, in the beginning, he wasn't really known. Um, apparently, he did it as a favor to Toby Hooper. Why, I don't know. And a uh, story had come out. I don't know how accurate it is, but a story had come out. Either he said it or came up somewhere that his payment for doing the original voiceover was a joint. They just gave him a joint to do, like the 30 seconds of voiceover work that he did um he wasn't really known at that time then went on to do like you know night court and the john larroquette show and apparently he's coming back they're doing like a a new version of night court apparently and he's going to be in it so who is he on night court he's the scumbag lawyer the public defendant the one that's always hitting on everyone yeah um, so he's coming back, 
apparently I don't know much about this new thing, but it was cool that, you know, he did the original, cool that he came back and did the voiceover for the reboot and the prequel, and then it's cool that he came back and did a voiceover for this new one as well. Because um, he could have just easily said, I'm not going to do that, and they could have got somebody else, you know, to do it. But, I mean, it's cool that he just, you know, keeps doing it, and um, apparently also the, the for the original one, they wanted him, or Toby Hooper said that he wanted him to sound like an Orson Welles type of voiceover. It was doing like a news thing. So I think he did a good job, and it was just cool that they brought him back for this, which is why it gets the 5 out of 10 for like the gore and the kills and this voiceover. So you'll find that out later on when I say that. But now you know this is part of that rating. And now I'm done, and we'll go on with the rest of the review. These kids are, are, are young adults are going out to this town to kind of scope it out because these uh they have other influencers and like other young people that are coming out to take a look at the properties so they can invest and like buy them like open up new businesses in this town to kind of gentrify it and make it viable again and, and, and make an attraction for people to come to this town which apparently it's like seven hours away from like the major city so it's like Lila the school shooting survivor the one sister she's like this is like so far away from everything like why would anybody want to come here or live here um, so they go out there and they stop they're at a gas station at the beginning and this like douche in a truck pulls up and he's blasting music and he gets out to fill up his you know truck and he's got a gun so the one sister melody she's like oh you know these people with guns like how small of a dick do you have to have to walk around with a gun like that so he hears her and he's like you know there's wild hogs around here and they're an invasive species and that's why i carry a gun and they're all telling her to shut up so they leave there they drive into this town he passes them again on the the road he's got this big truck that's spewing like fumes like diesel fumes and they're like oh this fucking guy and um so they get to the town and they're looking at stuff and um they run into that guy again who like i said is uh mo dunford richter that's his name he comes out because it's apparently this is the guy that dante has talked to like his contact in the town he's like a mechanic there he's in the town so they you know saw this guy by sight and were like you know they were making fun of him at the gas station and thinking that he was a douche on the road and here it is this is the guy that dante's been talking to it's like his contact in the town and um He's like, you know what, I don't care uh, what you guys do or what you think, just as long as you, you know, pay me the money and pay me money, I don't care. So do whatever you want. If you're, you know, he calls him a cult. So you guys are cult. Like, oh, no, we just want to come in and, you know, do blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, you guys sound like a cult, but that's fine as long as I get my money. Um, so they're walking around and they see this Confederate flag hanging from a window. And they're like, oh, you know, we the, the people are going to be here, like, soon. Like, we got to get that flag down. So, and 
my problem with that is like, what not this something you, you would have done sooner than this? Like, why would you go out there the day people are coming and like right before they're coming? Um, well, there was a part before this, I forgot. They got stopped by the cops. You think the cops are going to be like dicks and stuff? And they kind of are like dicks, the country cops. And they're like, hey, you know, we know who you are. Uh, we know what you're doing. We're just here to make sure nothing, you know, there's no problems. We're a small town. We don't want any trouble, you know. Uh, we're proud people in the history of this little town and, and where we come from. Like, And the sisters say, like, you know, one of the, you know, back, like, their great-grandmother or something was from there. And um, so the cops were like, yeah, we're just here to make sure everything, you know, is fine. And then they let them go on down the road, and then the other stuff that I was saying happens. They get into town, they talk to the guy Richter, they see the, the Confederate flag, and like I, back to what I was saying. I, this is something that you would go like a week or so before and be like, hey, let's make everything, make sure everything's good for when these people get here. Like, not something that you're going to do like 20 minutes before they arrive, and you're going to walk in, but oh, there's this wrong and that, and the Confederate flag, like. You shouldn't be having to be scrambling to, you know, make sure things look good for people. Like, you should have done this prior to them showing up. That didn't make any sense to me, but, um... Sorry, my friend shared a house that... Nobody cares. What am I? Is that Michigan? Yeah. There's a house in Michigan that has a university-style library. It's beautiful. That's cool. So. Got a fireplace and everything. They go up to get the the Confederate flag down, and they walk into the house, and an old woman comes down. Or, no, they go into the room, and she pops up out of nowhere. Um, the old woman, played by Alice Krieg, who's Virginia Ginny McCumber. Um, it said it was an orphanage and, uh, she's like, oh yeah, you know, I've been running this place for years. This is my place. And they're like, you're not supposed to be here. You know, all these places are vacant. Like, you know, you don't have, you don't have the, the, the title or the deed to this. And she's like, no, I do. Um, but they don't want to deal with it. And then there's a kind of a confrontation between Dante because he is black and her because of the flag and she's like it's not what you think and I feel for you and he gets all no fuck this I'll let the cops deal with this like I'm not dealing with this woman but she she was never mean like they came in they pulled the flag down and they were there and, and her her place quote unquote even though they said that she didn't have um, the deed or, or was supposed to have been gone already but she was never mean to them she's never going to kick them out she offered them like sweet tea like to give them a beverage and stuff like she said that everything was all like oh that mix up with the bank um, so at no point was she really mean um, so the police come they go get the police the police come and they tell her, well, hey, you know, why are you still doing here? You were told that you had to leave. And she's like, no, you know, I, it's, 
there's like an argument ensues and she like starts having like this fit and they think she's having a heart attack and then you just see like this big uh guy come down like he came at the he was at the top of the stairs to begin with and she's like oh don't worry everything's fine go back to whatever big dude at the top of the stairs but then she has this fit and she comes down and then he comes down and they're like oh that's her boy um let him carry her so he carries her to the van um the one girl uh the one sister lila she's like now all of a sudden she's like oh i'm so worried about this woman because she seems to care about this woman and what she's going through uh she thought the guy at the gas station the guy their contact in the town richter she thought he was a dick but she somehow got some sort of feelings about this woman uh trying to be nice and um she wants to go to the hospital with her but they say no she's got to be there because the other people are coming into town to check out the town and she's got to be there with dante so um they send so dante's girlfriend says that she'll go with the police and the old woman and stuff to make sure everything is okay so they all get into the van and they start driving and um uh they they and then at some point um well after after they take the old woman away richter the guy richter he gets the flag down and he was like oh here's your flag and like threw it at the one guy but it's like now they're all worried that you know do they really have the deed to this house or did she were they wrong was she wrong and they asked dante and dante's like oh i have it and he goes and looks at all of his stuff and he can't find it so um he's like oh it might be back at the office you know a lot of some of of the deeds took longer to come through than others you know it's got to be there we have it and um then these people show up and then the one other sister uh lila the school shooting survivor she goes into like the garage where richter is and is talking to him and sees like his rifle and like picks it up and she asks if it's loaded, and then he takes it from her and checks it, and is like, "Oh, did you ever fire one before?" And she's like, "No." He's like, "She's like, I've been shot at," and then he sees like the scar, and he asks what happened, and she tells him, and then he's like, "Oh." They kind of have like this little moment or whatever, and then like the the bus full of people coming into town, and they're like they're auctioning off these uh, properties to these people who are going to open up new businesses in here, and they're having a great time with those people and they're like having a, a fun time with that but then uh melody comes in and sees lila in the garage with the guy richter she comes out of the bathroom with like a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and she's like you gotta leave you know you can't be hanging out with this guy we, we gotta get out of here and um meanwhile on the way to the hospital i, I guess they're taking her to a hospital uh, the old woman dies and um who is now you know is well you don't know now but like you're sure if you're watching this movie and you're at all a horror uh fan you know this is leatherface um so she dies and he 
Leatherface like is turning on her oxygen tank and putting the mask over her face like this will bring you back I'm just going to keep putting this mask over your face and turning the um, I don't know what you call that thing the tank yeah he's not turning it but what's the thing on the tank like the, the nozzle I guess it's, it's not a nozzle whatever the knob a knob on the on the tank he's turning it like opening it more and more you know just kind of thinking in his mind it'll do something but she dies um so there's one cop and dante's girlfriend sitting up front in the back you have the old woman leatherface and another cop so after you know leatherface finally realizes in his head that she's dead and um the other cop goes to like put his hand on him like hey you know stop doing what you're doing and like Leatherface like breaks his arm and the bone like snaps out and then he like takes the guy's own arm with the bone sticking out and jabs it into his neck and kills him that way and the cop was going to shoot him and then like it ricochets and shoots the, the cop up front and then they like crash so, but before that, Dante's girlfriend texted the one sister, Melody, and says the old lady died. So now she knows that she's dead, and so, in the van, um, is now crashed, and Dante's girlfriend is still alive, and but the two cops are, well, the one cop's definitely dead. The one up front, you know, you're pretty sure is dead. But she uh, can't, I guess, can't text anybody. And there's a radio in the in the in the cop van, and she's like talking on that. But like, I don't think anybody's really listening. One of the guys in the gas station, the guy in the gas station, hears her saying that you know what he's doing because he's out. Leatherface is now outside with the old woman, and he cuts her face off to use for his mask and. Which is weird. Like you do. It's weird because... Being that he would cared for her so much, why would he cut her face off? I mean, I know he likes... He takes faces of people he likes or that he thinks looks pretty or... Maybe he thought she was beautiful. I don't know. Maybe you just thought that maybe he would just take one of their other faces, one of the other people's faces. But he cuts her face off. And uh, you see him hold it up to, like, the, the sun, and you can see, like, the face. and So that's what he's going to put on his face now. And, um, it's a real creep-tastic moment. So then the, the cop... The cop in the, the driver's seat kind of, like, comes to and, like, coughs. And was like... <clears throat> but then Leatherface, like, kills him real quick, like, hits him in the head. The um, girl that's in the passenger seat tries to get him to be quiet... And he wasn't having it. And then she's, like, going to try to get out of the van, which is... I say a stupid idea, but again, like, what are you going to do in that situation? You're going to stay there and pretend like you're dead? Or, yeah, and, until he and, leaves. And chance that, because that might not work out in your favor. Yeah, well, trying to leave didn't work out in her favor either. Well, she didn't actually get out and try to leave. Because he comes up to the door and, and opens it up and, and stabs her. 
And uh, so she's dead, and the cops are dead, and the old woman's dead. Now back in town, um, like I said, they're all like kind of worried that they kicked this woman out, and they didn't actually have the deed to the house. And they're like, well, if it's in the office, it wouldn't be in the house, right? So we'll go look in the house. Which, I don't know, I've never dealt with these things, so I don't know, like, if they had the deed to this house, would they have the deed that she had? Like, would she have had to have forked it over? And my, I said to this, because Jeff brought this up at the time, I said, well, if she was saying that she had a quote-unquote disagreement with the bank, then I don't think she would have just handed over the deed to her house. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's just like when you get a car and someone loses the what's it called like the pink slip or whatever um you can oh, they just the print title. a new one the, yeah the title thank you you they can just print a new one um so uh and then at one point um the guy richter he takes the keys to the bus so they can't leave because they don't know what's going on because he doesn't he does not sure if if they had the right to go in there or not either because they go and search the woman's house and they do find the deed to the house in the house so at this point it's like well did they kick her out and they didn't actually have the right to so um so then you see Leatherface, and he comes back in, into town, and he's, you know, wearing the old woman's face, and he goes back to the house, and he's up in there, and the one sister, uh, Melody, is in there, and Dante go in there, too. I guess it's when they're looking for the, the, the deed. Mm -hmm. And then Leatherface comes in while they're doing it. But they find the deed. Dante runs into Leatherface. He, like, chops him in the face with a... I don't know what it is. Like a big knife or a meat cleaver or something. And then he falls. And you think, he, he you know, he dies. And then Mel Melody's still in there. and But she knows something's up because I guess she heard something. And she went... And, like, tried to hide. She goes and tries to hide. And she has, like, in a closet. And then she hides under the bed. And uh, Dante wakes up. And you, you don't really see him, like, what he looks like. You just see him wake up. He's, there's a pool of blood on the floor. And he gets up and kind of stumbles out of the house stumbles down the street Richter kind of it's raining uh they're partying on the bus now they have like the they move the party inside because it starts to rain and they're on this like long elongated bus and um Richter sees Dante walk by and is like hey what are you what are you doing what's going on goes outside and stops him and then when he turns around you see how bad his face is like slashed across like where his jaw is and Richter's like, oh, what happened to you? Like, you know, um, and Dante kind of falls down now. At this point, one of the, the banker, the, the woman that works for the bank, sees what's going on too. 
and Dante dies, and so Richter's like, uh, okay, I'm gonna go find out what the hell's going on. Um, he get he tells the woman to go back into the the bus and to close the doors. So she goes back into the bus, closes the doors. He gets you know his gun, goes into the house. Looking around, he goes into the room. At this point, Melody's under the bed. Leatherface is smashing into a wall, which is where his uh, chainsaw is hidden for some reason in in the wall. Uh, so he's smashing the wall open so he can get his chainsaw. And uh, Richter comes in. A fight between him and Leatherface ensues. Uh, they're like you know hitting each other having a big old fist fight and um he uh there's broken glass from the window and uh Leatherface kind of like sticks his uh Richter's head into the side of his head the, the broken glass is still in kind of the window frame so he's on the floor falling on the floor when he falls onto the floor he sees Melody underneath the bed um and then at this point uh Leatherface proceeds to like smash in his head with a, a, a hammer until there's basically like nothing left of it but at this while he was still kind of coherent he he's trying he tries to hand the keys to melody who's under the bed like he's got the keys and he goes to reach out to give her so she's got the keys to to do something with um she goes to get out of the house um Let's see. Uh, like, did you watch the movie? I did watch it, but now like, it's so like it. it's so uh, a couple days after the fact. I've only seen it fucking once, so I think I've described pretty much. And at this point, it gets kind of eh to me. So, like, he gets the chainsaw from the bedroom. Um, Lila and Melody, she gets the, the keys, she takes the keys, she goes, and Lila and Melody, they go to the bus, and she gives the guy the keys, and she's like, let's get the fuck out of here, and, uh... No explanation. Okay, so I, I watched this part. This pissed me off. So, she gets back on the bus, and I want to say her sister's with her at this point, and like they met back up and they're like on the bus they don't sit like the girl you said her name's melody which one the girl who gave the keys to the bus driver yeah melody melody or melanie melody melody she gives the keys to the bus driver and he's just uh, just like go 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 but doesn't say hey there's a crazy psychopath that's just killed a bunch of people we need to get out of here now no, she just starts, like, shakily walking to the back of the bus. No, bitch, fucking tell people. Like, th this movie pissed me off in so many different ways, and this is, like, one of the big ones. And it's, like, in that type of situation, it's not time to be, like, shaky and not thinking coherently. It's, like, fucking use your words. Tell everyone. Because had she told people, this shit wouldn't have played out the way it did. 
So they start to to go. the The guy that's driving the bus is like passed out, like sleeping on the steering wheel. Um. So he's kind of like groggy and shit, and she's like, "Here's the keys, let's go." So he starts the bus, and they start going, and all of a sudden, there's like you know weird. Um, Like, they hear a sound like a, that hits the bus from the side or something. I don't know if he, uh, Leatherface, did something to, like, the tires. It just hit the hit the side of the bus. So they stop, and the bus driver goes to get out, which is stupid. But again, he doesn't know that there's a crazy killer Yeah, so, like, loose. he doesn't know all of the story, and I don't know if the bus was still drivable or if Leatherface had done something to it to make it not drivable. Like I said, like, something with the tires. But I would have just stopped, kept driving. But again, he wasn't given the information like, hey, don't fucking stop. There's a guy out there that's killing people. Uh, just keep going. Yeah, like, you have one job right now, and that's to drive this fucking bus as fast as you fucking can. Like, like that's Leatherface your isn't a fucking... He's not like Michael Myers. Like, he doesn't drive cars. So, like, if you get anywhere enough distance between you and him, like... If he can't run there, you're fine. Yeah. Like, you're, you're safe. You're pretty good. So, um... They could have just kept driving, but then that guy gets out, and then, you know, his head gets tossed back because Leatherface cut off his head, um, and then Leatherface comes into the bus. Oh my god, and then the most fucking, uh, like, I, I swear to god, if you could hear eyes roll, you would have heard mine. Like, it, the most fucking audible, oh, it just it's so bad. It's kind of ridiculous because so they, they, he comes in... And everybody just holds up their phone to, like, take pictures, take video, Facebook Live or whatever. And the one guy's like, do anything, you'll get canceled, bro. And it's like, number one, that's kind of cringy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Number two, it's like, you don't even know who the fuck this guy is. You don't think he cares about getting canceled? Like... It's not like it's a celebrity that, like, are is afraid of, like, losing their, their popularity or whatever. This is just a random dude that got on a fucking bus in the fucking Nowheresville, Texas, and you think he gives a shit about being canceled? Like, if he even knows what the fuck that means? He probably does not. So, like, for one, he probably doesn't know what it means. And, and even if he did, I really don't think he gives a fuck about being canceled. And, like, you should understand that that guy doesn't, like, it's not like fucking The Rock jumped on the bus with a fucking chainsaw and was like, I'm going to start killing people. Like, no, I'm going to cancel you, bro. Why did you pick him? I don't of all, know. Of all the people, all the celebrities that you could pick, know. why did you pick him? I don't know. just popped in my him? fucking head for some reason. <laughs> but, again, somebody would have to be worried first for them to get canceled. Like, this person is just like. He doesn't care. Random dude. Why would you care? Like, why would you think that guy cares? So... And it was just so fucking cringy. Then Leatherface cool. commences to fucking just rip, like, everybody the fuck apart with, like, the chainsaw. The canceled guy, he gets canceled. Yeah. And then, like, you just see, like, stuff on the phone, like, oh, that looks so fake. Oh, I want to go there. Where is that? Which is fucking, like, sad and pathetic, but, like, that shit would probably really happen. The, it looks so fake. That blood looks so fake. I yeah. mean... Yeah. So, like, he just fucking murderizes everybody on the fucking bus. Murderizes. Murderizes them. Um, I feel like you could have picked a better word. The the everybody's just getting fucking chopped up, hacked. Um 
the the bank lady tries to go out the window and he fucking cuts her in half so like her outside half just falls to the fucking ground. Um, Lila and uh, Melody they hide in the bathroom and there's like a skylight in the bathroom so they're gonna try to like get out there. Um, and then they run into um. Are these your notes that you're reading? No. Well, why wouldn't you take notes? Because I, I watched it fucking once. So you should have taken notes. So, um, they escape the bus and they run into Sally. Which again, like I said. The Lori Strode wannabe. Yes. Which I don't even want to say wannabe because she came before Lori Strode. Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was 1974. So, she was before the character of Laurie Shrew. Yeah, but so she's not known as a She's not a, a wannabe. She is. And they just... They totally fuck over the character and, like, the legacy of the character. Because they... Even though she came before, and it shouldn't be a wannabe, they're, they're trying to do what Halloween 2018 did with bringing back the final girl character from the original and making her a badass now to like want to stop him and like yeah oh. but she ain't a badass because she gets myrtleized and i didn't get there yet man well spoiler alert to jeff's review so which is not a review he's just apparently a summary apparently like um i give my review as i'm giving it like what happens and what i think about it so like she is apparently like a Texas Ranger. She became a Texas Ranger and she's all like a badass now. You or you, you at least think she's a badass. She ain't. Um, so they escape the bus, they run into her. Um she locks the uh Sally locks the, the sisters in, in her car. Like stay here. And then um she confronts Leatherface. Um she enters the, the orphanage and she holds Leatherface at gunpoint. To, like, demand that he remembers who she is. Like, you know, remember me. Who am I? You know, say my name. Um, he don't care. He doesn't talk. You know he's not saying anybody's name. Uh, so, again, only only met by silence. And, like, Leatherface is like, I'm just going to walk away from you. And then walks away. And, um... He then attacks the sisters in the car, but they're Sally shoots him, so they're kind of quote unquote saved by her, but like not really. If she hadn't locked them in there to begin with, they wouldn't have needed to be saved by her. Um, she gives she gives them the keys and tells them to drive away at this point. Um, and she's gonna go after Leatherface. Um, Leatherface then like ambushes her and totally just fucking wrecks her like fucking chainsaws her like in the in the middle and like lifts her up with the fucking chainsaw into the air and like throws her heaves her shoves her whatever across like the street into some like garbage bags and that's kind of like it's a very sad send off for that character it's like you tried to be like halloween 2018 and you actually you did nothing with this character 
you built her up like that she was going to be something and maybe in your mind you're like oh well we'll make people think this but then we'll, we're not going to do what they are expecting and it's like yeah but then at the same time you're treating like character like trash yeah like you just used and abused her like you basically just used that character and that that legacy of that character for nothing you just like you didn't even need her in the movie Mm-mm. didn't we watch it never mind hmm? it, it was a fan film what one of the one of the friday the 13th fan films that brought back a bunch of yeah that was vengeance yeah. that brought back fucking people that were related to victims from pr- the previous movies and like did nothing with them like yeah. they just got like murdered off and like like, why are you even here? Dumb ways. Like, why are you even in this movie? Like, you didn't fucking do anything. But, so, um, so he kills, um, Sally, or, or you think she, he kills her. Like, he fucking does a number on her. Um, but Melody is trapped. Um, because, uh, Melody hits Leatherface with Sally's car and then, uh, crashes into a building. Uh, Melody's now trapped, but she tells Lila to go. Leatherface appears and Melody apologizes for what they did to the old woman. I'm sorry she died. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, we didn't mean for that to happen. Um. Because again, like, he fucking gives a shit. Yeah. Leatherface is like the honey badger. You don't give a shit. So. What? Doesn't give a shit. What is the honey? Honey badger. What is the honey badger? Really, for all the bullshit you watch on the internet, and you don't know who the fucking honey badger is. No. Fucking well, want you look it up sometime. Not right now, because I don't want to fucking hear it, and I don't want you watching it right now. Alright. But you look it up, and then you'll know what the fuck I'm talking about. Amy's got a cup that talks about the honey badger. So, um, he moves in to attack Melody, even though she's apologizing. And, uh, <laughs> Lila, what? Just that scene, too. Like, why? So, Lila's like, now, and I called this. I'm like, she's going to be the badass. She's going to turn it because she said earlier about how she was a victim of school shooting. And everybody expects greatness from her. But she doesn't, you know, think she's going to do anything. Like, she's going to try to turn into, like, oh, I'm going to save you. And she's going to pick up a gun. Which is what she does. She picks up, she has Richter's uh, rifle. And she goes to fire it. But, hey, I've never shot a fucking gun before. So that doesn't really go well for her. uh, Because uh, it just didn't fucking work. Like, just because you've been shot at doesn't mean you magically and mysteriously (laughs) know how to shoot a gun. The gun's empty. FYI. So, like... Maybe you should try to know something about a gun before you go to try to fire one. Um, so Sally shoots him instead because again, she's not dead yet. But again, a real, a real shitty send off to the character. Like you just, it really bothers me. Uh, you did nothing with this character. Um, so she shoots him, and. Um, he runs away. And then Sally, before she actually really dies, tells Lila, like, hey, don't run. Don't run from him because he's just going to haunt you forever. You know, if, if you leave and, you know, go away, he's just going to, he's always going to be, I guess that's what he did to her because she ran away 
at the end of the original one, and I guess she's just been haunted by him ever since. Well, that's on your own, man. Get some therapy. And uh, so she tells her, you know, don't run. He'll he'll haunt you forever. Um, she then, and as she's saying this, you know, Sally's doing her the big favor by loading the shotgun as she's dying, saying, you know what, try this one. Maybe this will work for you. I've done it for you. You know, it's all set to go. Although, it'll come into uh, to play that, again, Lila doesn't know how many uh, shells a shotgun holds. Oh my god, yet. <laughs> so again, even though it was loaded for you, and you just think, like, this is a video game, and I've got some fucking unlimited ammo here. Um, so, she takes the shotgun, and she goes into uh, one of the abandoned buildings after Leatherface, and uh, she's attacked, uh... Melody then comes uh, out of nowhere from being trapped in the, in the car before and um, takes Leatherface's chainsaw and uses it to, like, uppercut him with it. So he gets, like, hit right underneath the chin, knocks him back into, like, this fucking pool of water. I don't even know where this water came from or why it's there, but it's like a pool of water. And he sinks to the bottle. He sinks in. And I'm like, you know what? He's probably not dead, but that motherfucker can hold his breath then. Because they stood there for like a good bit of time and he's just like not coming And I up. called that. I'm like, he's not dead. So um, they escape. Uh, Lila finds Sally's hat and she puts it on like she's a badass now. FYI, neither one of you were really badasses. Sally fucking sucked. You really kind of sucked. Um, because, you know... Um, both of you really didn't do much. Um, the person that really did take him, wound up taking him out at the end, quote unquote, was Melody by uppercutting him with his own chainsaw. Um, and pushing him in some water. And then they go to start, um, the drive in the car. They're going to leave and, uh, you know, they got a fancy car and they put it on autopilot. And, uh, so it's going to drive itself back to wherever the fuck they're going because cars have that now uh, but then Leatherface boom comes out of nowhere he's still alive and uh, drags Melody out of the car and then decapitates her with the chainsaw all the while Lila is like hanging out of the sunroof of the car because they, they opened that too before they were going to start driving and she's hanging out while the car is driving her away because it's on autopilot and she's screaming hanging out of the sunroof being like no 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 and watches him decapitate melody and um the car is driving her out of the town and then leatherface kind of dances in the street with his chainsaw with melody's head kind of reminiscent of like the original when leatherface was kind of like um frustrated after sally got away and he was just swinging his chainsaw in in the in the air and twirling around he was having himself a moment. Yeah, well, he just wasn't having a good day. <laughs> I mean, because that was after cutting himself in the leg with a chainsaw as well. Um, so then there's, at the end of the credits, there's a post credit scene, and you see him walking down, like, the dirt driveway to the house where the original took place, the original house. So I guess they're going to make a sequel... If that's already in the plans to do that. Um, what I don't get is... 
I don't understand who this old woman was to him. Because if you're going off like it coming right after the, the original, at the end of the original, um, I don't know if they want you to think that everybody... Because in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, you see that the old man, the cook, quote-unquote, is still alive. But the hitchhiker died. And it was just the hitchhiker and then Grandpa. So, are you just led to believe that they just want you to think, hey, if we're just taking this to be from the original to this one, everybody else died and Leatherface went to go live with this old woman in a different building in another town? It doesn't make any sense to me. They don't really explain that. They don't explain, like, what happened while Leatherface is with this old woman and who she is. And why he's not murdering her up. Yeah, and, like, who she is to him. Like, a, a mother? <laughs> is it that his mother? Is it a relative at all? Or, or, or what? I don't know. Um, so, to me, it doesn't make any sense because, like, you shouldn't know anything because they just want you to go, hey, it was the original and then now this one. Kind of like Halloween was like, it was the original and now Halloween 2018. Like, we're going to forget everything that came in between. And that's what they're trying to do with this as well. Kind of taking a page out of that book, copying, quote-unquote. So, um, I don't understand what that interaction, that relationship is. And, like, why he... Why he wasn't doing anything. Like, I guess they're just out in the middle of nowhere. But, like, now all of a sudden, like, it's got... You needed a spark to... And I don't really know how old he would have been, because I don't know how old he was in the first one, so how old he would be now, however many, I think they said that it was like 40 years again after the fact, and I think maybe he was like, I don't know, 20 or 30 then, so either he's got to be like in his 60s or 70s, he was pretty spry to be like that old, he was moving pretty well, um... The person that played him, uh, I forget what the fuck I said his name was. Um, Mark Burnham. He did kind of have a leather, uh, a Gunner Hansen uh, way about him. You don't ever see his face directly. You never saw Gunner Hansen's face directly, but like if you know what Gunner Hansen looks like underneath the mask or looked like. The, the angles that you get of Leatherface sometimes in this movie, like, from the side or, or from the top of his head, like, he kind of has, like, hair like Gunnar Hansen had. Um, and he did kind of move like him a little bit. Um, I didn't like the mask. Like, because, again, he cuts off the old woman's face and uses that as his mask. I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way Leatherface looked. I didn't like the way they, they had the man. To me, and even the even when I first saw the promotional like stills from this or like the poster, it just always looked like Leatherface just walked out of South Park. Like he just looked like a South Park character to me. Um, it just didn't look good. <laughs> I don't like the way I didn't like the way his the mask looked. And, um, I don't know, like, it, nobody, nobody, it's a, it's a short movie, I think it's only about 80 minutes long, so, I mean, even if it's, you think it's bad, it's 
not bad for long. Um, I guess that's a positive. <laughs> that's a positive. It's not bad for long. It's not bad for long. Wow. You're um, really selling it over here. I'm not trying to sell it. I'm not supposed to be selling it. I I would give it, at, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would give it about a 5 out of 10. Oh my god, I'd give it like a 2. And most of Whoa. that is from the kills and the gore. I thought that was done very well. Um, so probably that almost that whole five is going to be just based on that. The story was kind of like I just said about like the relationship between Leatherface and the old woman is like kind of convoluted. It's like, well, why is this? Why? why? Like, who are the? We need a reason. Yeah, like why has he been here? Why is he here? Why is the chainsaw in the wall? Like. Was she hiding it and he was respecting yeah. her wishes? Because like, she said, I f- didn't add this in, but when she was dying, right before she died in the van, she said, stay out of my room. Which she obviously didn't fucking listen to. So, he didn't care about her that much. She's like, I'm going to go in your fucking room and I'm going to bash the wall in and I'm going to get the chainsaw you've been hiding in there. I'll uh, show you, dead lady. I'm going to yeah. wear your face. Yeah. Maybe he was really mad at her. And that's why he wore her face. I don't know, because if he was really mad at her, why would he try to, like, save her by turning the knob on the, the thing and putting the mask over her face? Like, no, this will help you. This will make you better. Well, I don't know, last-ditch last effort. But then... why? Why would you try to save somebody you didn't like? And, like, that's what set him off to begin with, was her dying and them doing what, you know, upsetting her. Um, so, but I just need some more explanations of the story, you know... No, Why? I'm sure you're gonna get them. I'm sure they're gonna make another one. Yeah, but like you just shouldn't make a movie with the expectation of like, hey, we're gonna explain that shit later, because you might not get a chance to explain that shit later, which just makes your initial movie that much worse. Like, if they never make a sequel to this one, it's like, well, then that kind of takes away from your original movie because you thought you were gonna be able to explain it later and you you didn't get to. So, well, that was like that one Resident Evil movie we watched that they literally used a movie to just set up the next movie like it, it yeah it that was really... like jeepers creepers 3 yeah where i was like oh it's not really a 3 it's a 1.5 and we're just going to use this to set up an actual 3 which never fucking happened anyway yeah but we're gonna get a new one yeah too. jeepers creepers reborn i think mm-hmm. which is directed by a different person everybody wants to say that you know they don't like the director of the first two because he's a pedophile. And, um, and you know, we're not down with pedophiles. So and there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I hate those movies because he's a pedophile. I won't watch them. I like those movies. They're, They're good, good movies. movies. And you can't fault, like, more than just one person worked on that movie. So, yes, while he is a pedophile and a scumbag, there's a lot of people that worked on those movies and the actors and the crew that weren't. Like Justin Long. He's not a pedophile. And they put their talent and effort into making this movie for people to enjoy. So I'm not going to be like, I'm never going to watch that movie again. Justin Long just wants you to watch his movie. Why are you looking at it's me? It's more like than that? just Justin Long, man. There's other people too. Oh, no, yeah. but Justin Long was a baby in that movie that's great so it's just like that and i just i don't the story again was just kind of meh the story was terrible the acting wasn't really great there was nobody that was likable no like they you just didn't care if anybody awful. died and you you want to know what 
I mean, I don't know if that's what they go into movies these days, going like, hey, we have to make likable characters. I don't even know if they do that anymore, because most of the movies that I do see these days, I don't like fucking anybody in the movie. I want them to die. But you don't like them because they're... Yes, now I'm that curmudgeon old man that's like, whoa, these fucking kids, they deserve it. Yes, and that that's exactly it. They are this generation, like, the guy on the bus, oh, you're gonna get canceled, and the school shooting survivor, like, that's not stuff that was typically, well, no one was saying you're gonna be canceled 20 years ago, but, like, those are scenarios and situations and whatnot that weren't really prevalent back then, so it's it's... Uh, what's the right it's like bread a different type of it's like a different type of bread y'all <laughs> no, like a what the fuck are you talking about a different type of like young adult you know so they act differently where did bread come into this you said bread I didn't say bread you just said bread you were like, like it's like bread no. a different type of that's what you said not like bread like past tense of breed you know what I mean I don't really don't know what the fuck you mean what you're talking about at all what are you trying to say how like the scenarios and stuff change people uh huh and that's why they're all horrible <laughs> cause they really are none of them are likable none like, of them are likable you should at least like the main girl that's supposed to be surviving and I don't even and, like her no. I don't like the I don't like either one of the sisters I didn't like Dante right off the bat. I didn't like the one sister right off the bat because she's just like one of the people that are like, I'm going to sit here and talk shit about the guy that just pulled up with a gun at a gas station mm-hmm. really loudly so he can hear me. Like, what? What is he going to do to me? Uh, he could fucking shoot you. Like, there's fucked up people in the world. Just because you're at a fucking gas station, you're at a gas station in the middle of fucking nowhere, Texas, where, like, they Guns, already don't yeah. like you, apparently. And Texas really likes their guns, like, a lot. Yeah, so, like, oh, God, like, you know, oh, be quiet, be quiet. Oh, what, what? I'm just saying. It's like, well, you're fucking annoying, and you should keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And because not only is it you that has to be affected by this, but everybody else that you're with now has to deal with you being an asshole and this person hearing, uh, you know, because it could have went a different way. So, you know what else was a good movie? I don't know. Is it what we're talking about right now? No, but drag me to hell. You know who else was in that? Shut up. <laughs> Shut <Come> up. <laughs> so, like, none of the characters had any kind of redeeming qualities. Like, again, Melody was, like, annoying from the get-go, but then she wanted to act all concerned about what they did to the old lady and making sure that they have it, you know. And you should make sure that you have the right to be there, but then all of a sudden she was all concerned and, oh, I'm so sad that, you know, we killed that old lady or whatever. Well, nobody cares now. You're already an asshole. And then she has to, like, be, like, so overbearing on her sister. Like, oh, what are you going to do without me? What would you do without me? Like, you need me. You need me. Take care of you. And, um, and then, yeah, like I said, just, like, everybody on the bus was just a bunch of fucking douches. Like, you didn't, you literally didn't care that anybody died. Excuse me. No. The only person I did kind of care about who died was the dickhead from the beginning with the gun. Because he does kind of... Richter? Yeah, he does kind of soften up a little bit. I mean, he is a douche. Like, with his fucking truck spewing out fucking diesel and bullshit. But, like, you know, he was kind of like, 
have that moment with Lila and then like when Dante came stumbling out of the house with like his face all chopped like he was like oh stay with me stay with me you know you're gonna be like you know he was genuinely genuinely concerned that something had happened like yeah he wasn't he was kind of pissed off at them he took the keys and was pissed that you know they might have kicked her out without having you know but like when push came to shove he was actually kind of like a caring person like he was there with Dante when he died and was kind of trying to talk him through it like you know either thinking that maybe he was going to be okay or like hey I'm going to make it cool for you because I know you're about to die and going back into the the house with the gun telling the people to get on the bus like he seemed to be a, like a, a semi decent person even though he kind of was a douche at the same time mm-hmm. so that's the kind of the only person that I only kind of really did you know was like oh that guy died that sucks but everybody only else slightly. what only slightly but everybody else is just like I don't give a fuck that you're dying I don't care and then you know at the end the post credit scene where you see Leatherface walking back down the road to the original house well why is he going back to that house why did he leave that house to begin with like how did he end up in that fucking town with the old woman this is the stuff that I want to know and I'm pissed off that you think we didn't explain any of this just so we can explain it in the sequel because your movie should have all of its contents there for me in case you don't get to make that fucking second movie because then it's going to make me like your movie even less because like right now like I said 5 out of 10 mostly on the gore factor and the kills but if there's no sequel to answer these fucking things that I want to know that's probably going to knock it down to like a 3 out of 10 because it's going to make me hate your movie even more because I'm never going to know these things. And so, all in all, like I said, 5 out of 10 because of the gore. If shit never gets explained in the sequel, it'll definitely drop it down like a 3 out of 10. There just wasn't... I really don't even think it was necessary to make this movie. No, not at all. I mean, there's plenty of movies out there in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre... Uh, universe um, to to sate you. Um, you don't need... There wasn't really, you know... I didn't like, know anybody was really clamoring for this, you know. Wasn't there a remake in, like, the early 2000s? Well, well, there was, you know, part... The original, and there was part two. There was part three that was called Leatherface. The one with Jessica Biel. No, that was that was a remake. Yeah, like that's what I'm two, talking like 2001, about. 2001, I believe that came no, out. No, it's like 2004. Maybe I was out of high school. Between 2001 and 2004, then I, I think I uh, know. Alexa. Alexa. When did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Biel come out? Here's something I found on the web. According to LATimes.com. The biggest box office success was 2003's The Texas Chainsaw 2003. Massacre, which starred Jessica Biel, making $80.6 million. So 2003, that one came out, um, and then they had uh, the prequel to that, which was The Beginning. And I don't know if they never made a sequel to that one, right? Was there so. three different ones? I don't know. Uh, I own a couple of them, I think. Um... Then they had that one that came out that was just called Leatherface, which I kind of enjoyed. Uh, I actually bought that one. I found it cheap at a used place. 
But then there was like, you know, the 3D one, which was like stupid because the one girl's going back there because like her, it was her family. She was like related to Leatherface. That one was stupid. Uh, I didn't like that one. But, um, but about as stupid as this one, I guess. Like, just not, you know, I, if, If I didn't have access to Netflix, I wouldn't have gotten it just to watch this. And I don't think they do free trials anymore, so mm -mm. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have paid to to see this. And I don't know if this is the only place that it's available to watch. It's a Netflix distributed movie, so I'm glad I had access to watch it. But I wouldn't have made any kind of serious effort. And I'm glad that it didn't come out in the theater. And that if I would have paid money to go see it, I wouldn't have been very happy. Um, so again, hope you watched it, made your own decision about it. See if your thoughts. Uh, go along with what my thoughts are. Uh, mainly my thoughts. A couple thoughts from Peach here. Mainly about Justin Long, who had nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> Another good Justin Long movie is accepted. Top notch. Yep. That all goes back to Justin Long, guys. So He's a great actor. Um... Yeah, so that's it for this bonus episode. Zach and Mary make a porno. Shut up and just keep stuffing your face with Sour Patch Kids. And bees quiet. So that's it for this bonus episode of the, for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, yep, that's it. Bye. See ya. Begin spiel. Hi, Peach here. Want to check us out on social media? On Facebook and Instagram, we're at Pumpkin and Peach Podcast. We're even on Twitter now, too, at Pumpkin and Peach Pod. Interested in checking out our business? On Facebook and Instagram, Ugly Mugs Inc. In any of the bios will be our link tree, and you can get to any of those locations. If you want to collab or sponsor up with us, um, if you're local, if you want us to come to a place, your place of business, and try something and review it on the podcast, we'll be more than happy to do that. If you're not local, you can send us stuff, and we'll talk about it and review it on the podcast. And then, who knows what could happen from there. Please write a review for us. It really helps us out. Also, depending on whatever platform you're listening to us on, like or subscribe. It'll help you because you'll know when new episodes drop, and it helps us grow our presence. End spiel!